They need clinical support, they need non-clinical support, and they need leadership support. Hello, I'm Dave Gans, MGMA Senior Fellow for Industry Affairs, well, welcoming you to the executive session, a monthly discussion of a health, with a healthcare leader on a critical issue of interest to medical practice executives. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Dia Robinson. Dia is a fellow in the American College of Medical Practice Executives and is lecturer in the Masters of Health Administration program at Metropolitan State College, Denver, Colorado. Dia recently was awarded a PhD from Colorado State University School of Education with a concentration in organizational learning, performance, and change. Dr. Robinson's dissertation topic was exploring physician burnout, engagement, and social support for hospitalists. Dia's previous experience includes being Director of Medical Group Management Association Healthcare Consulting Group and 25 years practice management experience in hospitals and primary care practices. Dia currently serves as the Society of Hospital Medicine's National Practice Management Committee and the newly formed Hospitalist Wellbeing Subcommittee of their association. Dia, welcome. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> Tell us more about your background. Well. Over the years, my focus, as you said, has been with pretty much primary care and hospitalist practices. I was one of those individuals who happened to be in probably in the right place at the right time when the hospitalist movement started in the 90s and stuck with that for a long time, but uh, also evolved. My, my expertise evolved and was um, informed by working in consulting of all specialties and um, landed up going back to school and mm -hmm. getting my doctorate. And I had all this experience and it's one of those moments you say, what do, you want, what do I do with all this yeah. now? Yeah, and a way of applying it and ex expanding your knowledge and then sharing that with others. Yeah, yeah. What exactly. an opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, well let's start with a general discussion on the broad subject of physician burnout. Okay. Uh, give some perspective to people who are listening. Tell us, what is it, how much of a problem is burnout, and who is most likely to be affected? Sure, that's a great question. So burnout has been identified as three major categories, emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, and decreased self-efficacy. So what does that really mean? It means I'm really tired, it means that I'm, I don't feel like I'm very, I'm making a difference at work with whatever I do. And um, I depersonalize people. In other words, I, I don't see them as people. And so we can see from a healthcare perspective, this is an issue because we don't want our healthcare workforce tired. We don't want our patients treated as if they're not humans. And we want our, our physicians feeling like they are making a difference. I think people may understand the term, but they don't realize how much it affects them and their doctors and the effect on their patients. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and one thing that is really missed in burnout when, in the conversation when we talk about it is how it originally started. So a lot of people may be, some people may be familiar with Maslach and Maslach's tool um, survey that, mm -hmm. um, that basically measures these three factors, but it really started before Maslach, Dr. Freudenberger. Dr. Freudenberger observed this phenomenon in a healthcare clinic, in a healthcare setting, and what he 
what he first recognized was this extreme fatigue um, of the healthcare providers and where they were sitting there with just this dazed look on their face, um, like the flame had gone out. And that's exactly where the term burnout came from. Now, connected to that, there was something even before that, and that was identifying that these folks who were feeling burned out experienced a loss of trust with their leaders first before they got to that emotional exhaustion piece. And that's that's really lost. I mean, that's a very, very important factor when we talk about burnout is this connection to leadership. Yeah, and that's, I mean, when, when, you, when I talk to physicians and, uh, and we get in a conversation, what brought them to medicine? Almost inevitably, there is a spark that shows about what caused them to move into this career path. And when I've talked to physicians who, have, who are tired of their jobs, who don't like being a physician, the flame is gone and they are burned out. You know. Also, I think in the context of burnout, it's been around forever. We just haven't recognized it. Right, and in fact, I mean, the, the gold standard, the Maslow tool that is the gold standard um, was really only created in the late 80s, mid 80s. Mm-hmm. So this hasn't been something that we've been able to track and, and measure for 100 years. This is kind of, um, this is mostly evolved as healthcare has evolved. Yeah, yeah, we've recognized the problem. Well, you know, uh, you mentioned burnout affects doctor, almost all doctors one time or another. Uh, okay, tell us more on why one doctor would feel overwhelmed, another f- physician in the same environment is not affected at all. Right, no, that's a, that's a really interesting question. So in the study that I conducted, um, I had 15 physicians and just for fun, <laughs> I also administered the Maslick burnout survey I administered an engagement survey and a social support survey. So I could kind of compare the qualitative answers and the quantitative stuff. And interestingly, what what medical practice administrators have to consider when they look at things like this is you can have a physician who is highly engaged and also burned out. And so this is one of the problems with some of the research that's going on and the data that's coming out of burnout is that just because a physician is burned out does not mean he or she is not highly engaged as long as we're using the same definition of engagement. They were still doing their jobs. They were still doing their jobs. So I think we have to be careful as we go into the next phase of looking at this phenomena. that when we use these terms, we agree on what these terms mean. And so even engagement, engagement with what? Yeah. With well, whom? Yeah, I've heard, it again, discussions I've had with, with doctors has been that they, they love their job. They love caring for patients. They love what they're doing. And they can't understand why they don't like being there. Right. And it it ha- and it's this cumulative effect of stress and environment, mm-hmm. and perhaps lack of su- lack of emotional support. Mm-hmm. 
lack of support, period. Yeah, period. Okay. I mean, that's, when you look at some of the research that's been done on the social context of work, there's been very little that's been done on on the physician workplace environment. We kind of forget that they're social beings too. Yeah. And so we have this collection of systems that people created and we place them on top of physicians and say, you know, practice. Um, But what we forget all too often is that these systems are connected to people. And so one of the things that came out of this research was um, understanding what physicians need in terms of social support. And so when they sat down and really thought about it, it was very interesting because a lot of them when I handed them this piece of paper and said, okay, can you just write down like who the really important people are and what their role is in your workplace in terms of support? They they really took pause and they went, well, no one's ever asked me about that. Um, and so it was a great, it was a really great experience for them, but it really broke down to three things. Um, they need clinical support, they need non-clinical support, and they need leadership support. So their clinical support is nurses, um, case managers, nursing, nursing way, way high up on the scale. The second category was non-clinical support, and so this can be a spouse, it can be a friend, it could be a peer. Um, In one case, very interesting, a physician had a scribe and he he was one of those physicians that scored really high on burnout and also very high on engagement and he said surprisingly i find that my scribe is one of my biggest support systems even though they they don't really talk or interact a lot that scribe he said that scribe is in that room with that patient with me and when i have a patient that is extremely difficult I feel like I can say anything when I turn my back and that scribe will listen, but no judgment is passed. And and so that was kind of a surprise. And then the leadership support, I think, was um, disappointing on a personal level because all of these physicians said how much they need leadership support, but they lack it. And it didn't matter what employment model they were in. Um, they all lacked or wanted more leadership support in a stronger yeah. relationship. Yeah. I've, he- I've heard the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I've not put in the context only. I've, it's always peripheral. But let, let, let's focus a little bit on leadership and the role of the executive, whether it's a physician executive or an administrator. How, do they, how can they provide that? How can they support their doctors? What, what, what does that entail? Well, um, that's, that's a good question too. And I think part of it re- resides in the employment model because when you talk about support, it could be um, business support, which was lacking in some cases. But really, when it comes to that issue, there's nothing like a good old-fashioned conversation with your physicians. Mm-hmm and asking them, how's it going? I mean, if you don't know where to start with that, you can just start with the most common factors that drive burnout, and that is um, exhaustion. Yep. 
oh. being overworked. Yeah, Our, how's your schedule going? What can we do collaboratively to change that? Um, how are things going at home? Remember, they're human beings, yeah. and there's a great body of literature that says that the more we feel cared and supported mm -hmm. in our workplace, the deeper our commitment is going to be to our workplace. So, it, And it's also appreciation. Absolutely. T telling whether it's the physician who's burnt out or the nurse or the other staff member that their their role is important yeah. and that they they are important to the organization. Yeah, it, and I think um, even going a step further, as we as we start to see younger and younger physicians come into the workplace, that piece is more and more important to them. Mm -hmm. um, they really want to have that connection. They, they want to feel engaged. Yeah, they that is engagement to them mm -hmm. is having that connection to their boss. It it is becoming much bigger than the older physicians that are leaving. But there's across the board. There is no substitute for showing your physicians that you care about them. Yeah. There are times you ask that simple question, you know, what happened today? And all of a sudden, things gush out. Sure. In other words, you, you turned out that that simple question released a, 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 a element of stress, released a problem the person had, and the fact that they had an executive to listen to, listen to what they had to say, was critical. See, this is the role of the leader. Absolutely. That the role of the leader, and it's an emotional support as opposed to, you know, giving direction. It's giving that emotional support that brings out the best in their employees or their physicians or whoever you're leading. Right. And people like to belong to things. They, be they like to belong to a place where they're cared for. I mean, it's just that simple. So... Social engagement and social support are critical. Yes. Uh, what stories did people talk about that how changing that environment really either re helped resolve their burnout or, or at least let them recognize what was happening? That's a really good question. So things that can be done preemptively on the social support side is what my results showed was putting more resources into that relationship that physicians had with their leaders. They, they already have a relationship with their nursing staff. They already re have relationships in that circle where they do their clinical work. I would even say, I could pull out of this and say they also have that relationship with their patients. And they appreciate mm -hmm. it when their patients appreciate them. But when it comes to having the support that they need, um, you have to look for the signals um, and ask, Does this is there conflict? Is there conflict between physicians and a leader? Is there conflict between um, intergroup peers? Do, does your group get along? Yeah. Um, are things discussed in a meeting? That kind of stress says that not everyone is getting the support that they need. Yeah. Because remember, physicians, like pr many other professionals, they're focused and they want to do they want to do their job. They want to do the right thing, but without that external support, mm -hmm. you know, they, they they feel lost and they work harder and get and get poorer outcomes. So they have to work harder even more right. with worse outcomes. 
It's and it's a system problem. Yeah, and who creates the systems? System. The leader. People. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And and to add to that, um, this this article said basically burnout is something that happens in an organization to the individual. Um, but one thing that I pulled out there, and I think this will be really helpful for administrators who are listening, is physicians in this study said, even when they had issues, a lot of times they didn't know who to talk to about it. They didn't know where to go. So if anything, when you onboard a physician, that should be a question. Do you know who to go to if you're struggling? Do you know the resources available if there are resources available? Or or it comes back to the earlier comment you made, asking somebody, how are you doing today? Right. And meaning it. And meaning it. Yeah, because now you have that opportunity for feedback. Right. Yeah. Now, also, when we had our uh, discussion earlier that you mentioned how in your research you identified a subset of the doctors who were uh, both current and former leaders as well as clinicians. And their burnout was different. What happened? Yeah, <laughs> this was um, this was a very interesting finding and in, and in, in something that only happens in qualitative work um, because the question that opened the conversation was just tell me about an, an experience you had with burnout. And half of my population uh, were self-identified as leaders or previous leaders, and their answer was, when? And I thought, what do you mean? You know, in my mind, I'm thinking, what do you mean when? When? Uh, Because I'm only thinking about the clinical side, but when I asked them to expand on that a little bit, they said, you mean as a leader or as a doctor? So you have this role switching uh, for this for this very defined well, group. They, well, these individuals are caught in, with basically in two environments, which yes. which and they, and they get stressed from each. Right, and you know, in with the you know call, I guess you will, the popular call right now for more physician leaders. I think this is something that we have to keep in mind when we ask again of physicians to be leaders of their own pack. But what what was found during this time with my population was there were three overarching themes that come out of this group. Very unexpected. Uh, The first one was um, connected to a lack of hiring authority. Uh, The second one was a lack of business support, internal business support. And the third one was dealing with disruptive peer behavior. So, and and I'll go over these just briefly. And and those are actually, uh, let's spend some time here. Because you know what? I've heard this before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but probably not in this context. No, that's right. right. Yeah. um, So the first one was lack of hiring authority. And so, as we know, there's a physician shortage. Um, And so these leaders, some of these leaders in particular, had physicians who were leaving or had left their group and they had no authority to hire. They could interview all they want till the day was long, but because the decision to hire was not 
local. Mm -hmm. It was in another location. Corporate. It was a corporate decision. They could have asked all day long, look, we're overworked. We can't do this. In fact, a lot of the physicians um, in this category were working well beyond their contracted amount that they were supposed to be working. Um, yet these leaders were really stuck in this place where they had to keep asking their group to work harder and more and also trying to promise them that help was on the way when there was no help on the yeah. way. And the leader was one feeling the stress. Yes. Because they were caught yeah. having to, you know, to potentially misrepresent what was happening to their subordinates so the subordinates felt that they were having some support. Right. But the, the leader was caught in the middle. Absolutely. And the leader as well was working. So a lot of times, again, back to that organizational individual, the, the leader would take on extra work to the point where one of the physicians finally went to higher up leadership and said, I'm out. If, if this continues, I can't, I can't do it. He also didn't feel comfortable facing his peers mm -hmm. because he was losing their trust yeah. in his ability, even though he didn't really have full authority. So that was one that was one theme. The other one is connected to somewhat of the lack of hiring authority and that is business support. Um, I think we take it for granted when we have resources like MGMA data where we can say, let me just pull that data and put together a scenario for you and really be that dyad partner for you. But these physicians did not have that kind of business support and business analysis that they needed in order to make a case for needing more staffing or needing more analysis coming out of their system databases or whatever it was that they needed. Um, and then the last one was disruptive peer behavior. Um, this was something that I know has been an issue. Oh, You've probably yeah. oh, heard of this. Yes. Um, but having to, having to, I don't want to say discipline, but deal with a disruptive peer in your group that you also might share a call with the next day. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, well, a one of the roles of a leader has is dealing with conflict resolution, and I think unfortunately, physician leaders are seldom trained in how to reduce con how to address conflict. And oftentimes it's ignored, and that makes it worse for everybody. Yes. And I think most organizations they look at conflict resolution as a specific isolated issue, and not look at the bigger problem it's causing, and how it affects the doctors and the nurses around that disruptive individual. Yeah. So what what should we know that the conflict resolution is critical, but from the context of just burnout, how can a leader, what should a leader be doing regarding that, uh, that disruptive uh, peer? And how do they deal, how, what, how do they address the, the other doctors as well? Mm -hmm. That great question. And I have a great um, story for that. I can't emphasize enough how important the relationship between that non-clinical and clinical leadership needs to be in this, in this area. So we had a physician in my former group who was, 
acting out, you could use that word. He, um, we had more complaints coming from the hospital on this person. We had more patient complaints coming from the hospital on this person. And even in meetings, we, we noticed that he was disruptive, um, bombastic. He just was not himself. And so getting together with my leader, we both realized that we had a, a really serious problem. But we also really cared about him at the, at the same time. And we didn't want him to just leave medicine altogether, which is what he was starting to talk about, was I, I'm just going to go and live in my basement of my own home. And so what we did internally, and this is something that administrators can do, is to identify people that really seem to be showing the signs through behavior um, and then having some of that data to back it up. But definitely the behavior if you don't don't have the data. And we went to him and we said, we really care about you. And we really think that um, you need a break. And so we created like an internal sabbatical for him. He had up to three months to take off, but the rest of the group was on board. They were protective. Um, they wanted to be part of the solution. Um, and having that kind of support, knowing that if that mm -hmm. had happened to someone else, yeah. they knew that leadership would have their back and, and provide the same kind of protection as well. So I think being very aware of your physicians and their behavior and what is a bad day compared to a consistent, which is burnout, yeah. it's a consistent beat down of of work and life and everything and and to be clear it is not a mental health issue this is a workplace issue that may come out as mental health issue yeah. but it is not a mental health issue yeah you know, and you know you know continuing on that burnout affects not only the doctors but also the practice leaders yeah. And advice that what advice can you give to a physician executive, um, practice administrator who's feeling they themselves are experiencing burnout? Uh, emphasizing how important relationships are in the workplace has been shown to be very protective against feeling isolated. Um, and as our health systems get bigger and bigger, we can feel like we're lost in that system. And some of these physicians in this study felt lost. Um, you know, they, the communication was very disconnected. Uh, form letters is not how to build a relationship of trust. And so I think in, a, in the leadership space, it's very important to touch base and make you know just kind of have that kind of have that playground where you can just talk about all kinds of things, um, and I don't want to say in a safe place, but in a non um, yeah. where you're not. Well, well, a what we're really looking at is the the role that an executive has of having their own support mechanism, it's oftentimes outside the organization. You know. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And some of these physicians said, you know, I could, there's no way I could have gotten through things without my spouse. Yeah. Um, or whoever that their, their person fa was. Their family, their friends. 
Yeah. Or, you know, in fact, I, I look at some of the role of the Medical Group Management Association. Who are your peers? Well, your peers are other executives, mm-hmm. you know, in your environment, and they may or may not be in your same city or same town, but you can you can express your concerns and get support from, from these from your from your peers. Oh yeah, I mean, even in that social support results, physician said, you know, I get a lot of support from my peers. I like to see my peers. Yeah. I love that face-to-face time with them yeah. because they get it. They understand. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I've, again, my, my experience working with physicians has been sometimes the best element of a medical meeting is not the, what was clinically discussed. It was the opportunity to meet with your peers in your specialty and realize that you're not alone with your problems. And, you know, and that maybe your problems are bad, but somebody else may be worse. Yeah. Or they have, may have had your problem and they got over it somehow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. You, you can learn from your peers, peer-to-peer learning, far, oftentimes far better than anything else. Right, and, and the nice thing about that is there's safety in there. Um, you know, it, when you're in a leadership position, you can't always discuss very sensitive issues with anybody. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I, I know that over the years, my peers, my mentors played a huge role in my sanity. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, and you're, and avoiding your own burnout. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. hard. Yeah, well, it is hard. And the leader, a real leader, that they have to realize where where is their support network, and how do they maintain their ed- their their edge? How do they avoid? How do they keep their flame going? How do they avoid the burnout? Yeah, and I think you know, getting together and talking about what people are doing. I mean, I, I think that's what they're trying to do with physician burnout resilience programs is um, let's bring you together and give you some tools in, in what we think might be helping. Um, the only problem is sometimes it's very individualistic in what helps. Yeah. In fact, the joke that I get now when I talk to physicians about burnout is <laughs> the response is, Oh yeah, let me get my yoga mat and I'll be right It'll back. It'll be back, yes. <laughs> doesn't work that it way. It doesn't always work, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, there's a lot more we could talk about, uh, but you know, I know how busy you are. <laughs> uh, so uh, what would you like to add? And, and how, what, would, what would you think would be a takeaway for our listeners? <clears throat> I think... Um, One overarching takeaway is if you are measuring burnout through a survey, which a lot of organizations are, you have to go beyond the survey data. In other words, the survey data is only going to give you a measure of three things. And that's where it stops. If you really want to help curb burnout, You have to understand the sources of burnout. And so you can use surveys as a baseline to measure, but then going beyond that, doing what the design of this study did, and that was sitting down and asking people, what are the sources of your burnout? Where is it coming from? Because each organization is different. If we're all the same, then we would have solved this, right? We would have just been able to give everyone a yoga mat and 
you know, I don't know, some very simple fixes, but it's not a simple fix because there's a lot of organizational issues, personal issues, support issues. So that's one thing. Um, I think that is a definite takeaway. The other takeaway I would like people to understand is when we talk about engagement, understand that physicians do not always define engagement the same way that a, that a healthcare system defines engagement. For instance, some hospitals and health systems will define physician engagement as how many committees they're serving on. Physicians do not necessarily define engagement in my study at all had anything to do with what they were doing for their health system. It was all connected to patient care, all of them. I had one physician who um, gave an example of leaving for the day. He had been on for a long time. He had a great relationship with his nurse. The nurse called him on his way home and said, um, we got a really bad lab result back on this patient a terminal issue um, and he said so what are you asking me to do I mean imagine yeah. we're on our way home we right. want to go you, home yes and he you, turned the car around and he went back to the hospital and he said that's what I live for yeah we have to do whatever we can from that perspective to keep that behavior going yeah that's the positive element of the spark Yes. That why doctors go into medicine. Yes. For their patients. Yes. Yeah. And that's also maybe the solution to burnout. It, engagement. I mean, yes. how, how many people? How many people do you know that still come here and go? I love to be here to do this work. Yeah. That message was loud and clear. I show up here to be with patients. Isn't that really what we want? Mm -hmm. That's really what we want. Yeah. And. In addition, there's a lot of work, there's a lot of um, conversation about EMRs. Yeah. And across the board, physicians, the one last takeaway is physicians understand that documentation is needed, it's required. They all understand that. Um, but asking them to do things in an EMR that does not promote patient care without help really is a deterrent in their mind. It's an obstacle. No matter how much it's needed, it's an obstacle to them to getting to that patient, being with that patient. Excellent discussion. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. I, I learned a lot. <laughs> and I, I think our people listening will learn as well. Good. Thank D you, Dave. Dia, thank you so much. You're